Why is the left so evil, stupid, out of touch, ignorant, refuseniks, fill in the word, redefining the word handsome, you won't believe this one, and a Japanese government concern that will make, I promise you, will make Malaysians go... Laugh out loud. Absolutely. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Hello, happy Monday. Monday's over in Malaysia. We got just a couple hours left for you in the U.S. I know it's just beginning and uh, around the world, wherever you may be watching us live. We are live on Facebook, on YouTube, twitch.tv, and rumble.com. By the way, to our Rumble audience, it's my understanding I haven't messed around with it. But they have the ability on Rumble now, even with a live show, to scroll back, kind of like you do with like a a DVR or whatever it is, you know, like uh, whatever they call those things. I don't know. I'm a boomer. Give me a break, okay? But anyway, apparently when we're live on Rumble, you can actually scroll back and forward a bit. I mean, obviously you can't go forward beyond where we are live. Otherwise, you'd be able to tell the future and you could give me the lottery numbers. But uh, beyond that... Yes, I would encourage you to do that, by the way. Uh, Anyway, yes, so we've got all that and more coming up uh, tonight. And uh, before we get to that, we're going to get to our favorite little furry lady. This one. Miko update. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know why that update always is delayed. I I have no idea what's going on with that thing. Anyway, she's doing well. Uh, Again, we had that same weather pattern. We had a sunny morning and noontime, and then it clouded up, and it rained again like hell for hours and hours. The radar had this giant squash of black almost, red to black uh, throughout most of the middle of peninsular Malaysia. And it rained, rained, rained up until about 9, 9.30. And then it just slowed to a drizzle. So Mika was able finally to get her walk. Uh, but uh, when there was a little sunshine out because of the clouds and the coolness of the weather, it hasn't been too bad lately. It's been relatively cool. In fact, I'm going to warn you, this photograph is slightly pornographic. Slightly. Where is it? There it is. <laughs> uh, if you're listening to our podcast, sorry, guys, you got to go over to our video and check it out on Rumble.com or YouTube, Facebook, wherever. But I, I recommend Rumble.com. Anyway, <laughs> this is her. She does this all the time. Shiba Inus, I mean, other dogs do, but for some reason, Shibas love doing this. She just lays flat on her back with her feet in the air and tootie to the wind and enjoys the cool weather. So that was her in my front yard uh, earlier today, exposing herself for the rest of the neighborhood. So <laughs> she's uh, she's doing great. And uh, thanks for uh, asking and your messages and emails. People are always... Uh, Always sending messages and asking how Miko's doing. So, 
Yeah. Uh, what else have we got here? Where is my uh, Where is my main article? I uh, uh oh, I think I hit the wrong button. I got to do things a little differently tonight because uh, my 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 laptop is being a little temperamental. So, anyway, uh, part of the headline tonight was clickbait. Just. There you go, straight up, just to get the clicks. Because I knew putting that in the headline would get people interested. But the other part is because I came across a couple of articles that really just... <laughs> Look, I am a free speech absolutist. I am a conservative, an unusual conservative, Nevertheless, but a conservative. I'm a big fan of Dan Bongino's show. I've said that before on this uh, broadcast and podcast. And encourage you to go follow Dan because he does a remarkable job at getting to the truth. Um, but having said that, I didn't grow up that way. I didn't, you know, my my mom raised me to, both with religion and with my philosophy and my politics. She did it the right way with all of us. There were five. I'm the oldest of five. And she gave us a foundation in Christianity, in doing the right thing. And when we got to the age where we could make decisions ourselves, my mom, God love her, let us make those decisions ourselves. I'm not talking about when we were eight years old. I'm talking about, you know, your mid-teens, starting to get up into the age of adulthood and stuff. And when it came to... To those, those, those years, 15, 16, 17, you're getting towards being a young adult. You can start to make your own decisions. And my mom did not stand in the way. My father was gone by that point. Yeah, poor me. But regardless, she did it the right way. She raised us to respect other people, to be concerned about the content of their character, not the color of their skin or who they slept with. And like I said, all of my brother, my, I have one brother and three sisters, and we all turned out pretty damn good, actually. I currently have a bit of a beef with one of my sisters because she is a Trump derangement syndrome uh, victim horrifically bad and did some rather terrible things online, which we won't get into. And anyway, that having been said, uh, she has her opinion. She's entitled to it. Knock yourself out, as do you and all of my relatives. But uh, anyway, having said all that, which is much more than I wanted to say, uh, I do tend to lean significantly right when it comes to politics and uh, things like that, which is very strange because I didn't come from that sort of an area. I came from West Corn Cornwall, Connecticut, which is the heart of liberal everything. So... Anyway, this is an article in our show notes tonight. It's from newamerican.com, so you can imagine it's a bit bent. But regardless, it's 10 really stupid things that liberals have said. Liberals truly are fonts of sophistication. Uh, we know this because liberals tell us that, and liberals are smart because they tell us that. Uh, they would never mangle words, as does uh, W. Bush or misspell potato like Dan Quayle. Uh, but there are some things they would do, and the following is just a bit of a sample. Uh, 
San Francisco's KTVU television made news reporting headlines when the Asiana plane crashed, but not in the way they intended, mistaking an obvious internet joke for legit information. The station live reported, this is a quote, KTVU has just learned the names of the four pilots who were aboard the plane. They were Captain Sum Ting Wong, Wee Tu Lo, Ho Li Fuk, and Bang Ting Ao. The NTSB, National Transportation Safety Board, has confirmed that those were the names of the pilots on board Flight 217 when it crashed. We are working to make uh, determine what roles each of them played during the landing. It really doesn't take much more than just reading the names out loud before somebody at this idiotic TV station should have said, wait a minute. Anyway, uh, perhaps they just graduated from the Paul Patsy Schroeder School of Comedy. Uh, during the 1990s budget battle, the Democrats said that if the GOP got its way, the elderly would have to eat dog food to afford medicine. Uh, Rush Limbaugh then spoofed the demagoguery in a go-pack speech, jokingly saying he bought his mother-in-law a new can opener so she can get the dog food easier when she needs to eat it. It was an obvious joke. Enter liberal Congresswoman Schroeder, taking Limbaugh's comments seriously when she appeared on the House floor the next day to complain emotionally and incredulously that what it's come to, Rush actually said he's going to buy his mother a can opener so she can have dog food. And they say conservatives have no sense of humor. Uh, while covering a May Day rally in New York City, NBC reporter Ida Siegel was approached by a videographer and asked if she was going to cover the presence of communist hammer and sickle flags. Her response? She said she hadn't seen any and then asked, What are they? What do they represent? <clears throat> okay. Seriously. Uh, oh, here's here's a good one. In this relate, this actually happened in Malaysia also. During a 2010 hearing on a plan to transfer thousands of Marines from the small island of Guam, Democratic Representative Hank Johnson from Georgia had some concerns. He said, "My fear is the whole island will become so overpopulated." that it will tip over and capsize. <laughs> Don't worry, Hank. You can always pass legislation manda mandating that half the Marines stay on one half of the island and half the Marines stay on the other half so it, uh, you know, ba ba balances out. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Uh, during the 2010 National Prayer Breakfast... Barack Obama singled out a Navy corpsman for praise, which was fine, except he mispronounced the designation. He didn't call him a corpsman. He called him a corpse man. Anyone can misspeak, of course. 
hey, we have a current president that makes a habit, a lifetime career out of doing that. But three times in a row, yeah, three times in his row, good old Barack made Lunch Bucket Joe look halfway intelligent. No, I'm sorry. No, that's too much. Can't be done. Anyway, yeah, three times in a row he called this Navy corpsman a Navy corpsman. Anyway, the list goes on and on. There's a ton of them here. There's everything from that idiot Maxine Waters to uh, you name it. There's a whole bunch in here, and it's it's funny as hell. You got to check it out. Uh, speaking of people who uh, were left and went right, Elon Musk. <laughs> this is from the New York Post, an article from uh, a while ago, uh, April 29th this year. Elon Musk says the left has gone insane. Seriously. Good old Elon. He sparked a firestorm by tweeting a meme that calls out the radical drift of left-wing politics in America, showed how the rise of the ultra-left has suddenly made him seem right of center, though his views haven't changed. Uh, Why the furor? Because the meme is right. As he explained in a follow-up, I strongly supported Obama for president, but today's Democratic Party has been hijacked by extremists. Whatever happened to him in Twitter, by the way? Hello, Elon, are you out there? Get out your checkbook. It's getting nuts over there. Here's the chart. 2008, this is, the, he, he labels it as me in the middle. Wait, I gotta get my mouse back. There we go, labeled it as me. This is to the left, this is to the right. 2012, he's more towards the center. And now 2021, he's all the way over there, leaning, not leaning, heavily on the right. Screaming over his uh, Twitter acquisition proves the contemporary left has no place for someone who believes in equality and uh, not being an a-hole about trivial things, uh, as Musk has shown he believes. Uh, Millions of non-billionaire Americans feel the same way, even if the left's capture of most media obscures the fact. It's a big reason at the polls that show Democrats face disaster coming up in uh, the midterms in just a few months. And God, I hope so. Anyway, so there's an article there. The link is in our show notes. It's an older, a few months old from the uh, New York Post, if you want to, uh, to check that out. And uh, see, I've been locking up and freezing tonight. I don't know why. It's totally weird. All right. And uh, there's uh, one more here. It came from Psychology Today. It's a short article, but it's quite good. And it actually digs a little into the psychology behind liberals and conservatives. And it's by uh, Satoshi Kanazawa. Uh, scientific fundamentalists at Psychology Today, links in our show notes. I'm not going to read the whole article. In fact, just very little bit of it here. But um, the article is titled, If Liberals Are More Intelligent Than Conservatives, Why Are They So Stupid? (laughs) Seriously. Uh, He goes into it and he talks as an explain in an earlier post, general intelligence, the ability to think and reason as opposed to just believing everything CNN tells you. It likely evolved as a domain-specific evolved psychological mechanism to solve evolutionary novel problems. Okay, so you see, this gets a little 
a little heavy, gets a little deep. But if you're into the whole psychology of it, uh, this is a very, very cool article. Uh, I'm not going to change anybody's mind, but uh, it's very interesting. And I love the quote at the end. Perhaps the great Dawkins wasn't so wise. Oh, he was intelligent. But some of the most intelligent otters that I've ever known were completely lacking in common sense. Yes, couldn't have said it better myself. Nicely done. All right, so that's a cool article, and it is from Psychology Today. You know, I truly believe... Uh, thank you, JJ. Hey, it's good to have you along. Um, <coughs> these are not the majority, folks. You and I are the majority. And I'm not talking if you're also a bit of a conservative like me. Uh, thanks for the like, JJ. Um, I'm talking about people who just have a common, ordinary, common sense attitude about life in general. I don't give a crap what your pronouns are. I don't care who you sleep with. I care about the fact that you have a good heart and that you do the right thing. The media, CNN, you know, all of the Washington Post, uh, here in Malaysia, we've got all kinds of ridiculous newspapers and online portals that just live for clickbait. Understand something. Every time you click on a headline because you found it interesting and you wanted to check out what it was about or it intrigued you, all the advertisers that appear on that page pay the site for your eyeballs being in front of their ads. That's why they call it clickbait, because the more they get you to click, the more money they make. And that's what it's all about. So when, and we have a bunch of these losers in this country, you have them in America, you have them in the UK, you've got, God knows you have them in New Zealand, your PM down there is a complete Nazi freak. Australia, not much better. Anyway, uh, there's such a small percentage of people but they make the headlines we had some loser here in malaysia say it was the stupidest headline that breast milk belonged to the husband don't ask okay i, I was gonna share it and i didn't because it's just beyond stupid uh, we literally had that the latest thing has been something about how uh concerts will be the downfall of society. So don't go to concerts. Oh, very dangerous. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, this is the kind of loser bullcrap that they put out there. And it's such a small percentage of people that, A, believe that, and that follow that kind of ridiculous loser thinking. But it gets clicks. It makes headlines. People live to see this stuff, and they love to be aggravated or agitated or make comments. And a whole lot of people will go on and agree with stupid things like that just because they also will get reactions. And that's what it's all about. It's all about looking up there and seeing that little, that little red heart on Facebook or those likes or those follows. That's all. It's whether you believe that or not. It's all about the clickbait stuff, folks. So just because it's a headline 
doesn't mean it's the way a majority of people think. A majority of people, reasonable, good people like you, think the right way. I'm going to try something. We're, we're off that now. I, I'm, I'm tired of talking about it. No, actually, you know what? No, we're not, because I got one more. I, two more. One of the big things in the U.S. lately has been oil and natural gas and how they're doing everything they can to discourage people and try and encourage them from buying far too expensive electric cars. Love you, Elon. Sorry, electric cars aren't the answer. And if you think I'm kidding, take a look at this. You know what this is? It's a lithium leach field. This is what your electric car batteries are made of. It is so neurotoxic that a bird landing in this dies in minutes. Take a guess what that does to your nervous system. Yeah, pat yourself on the back for saving the environment. Ain't happening, folks. Ain't happening. Got one more. The stupidity of people. This is not a Photoshop. This is real. I have to put on my serious voice now, okay? Hang on. <clears throat> Here we go. Let me get in the mood. Every year, billions of innocent potatoes are nipped from their family and brutally murdered. But no more. Scientists at ASDA revealed today they have created mashed potatoes made entirely from plants. <laughs> this is a real product. You can see the label. If you're listening on our podcast, sorry, just check out the link in our show notes. Plant-based mashed potatoes. If that makes any sense to you at all, you're probably a liberal. This is insane. All right, I'm going to try to switch to this camera. There's going to be a problem, I promise you. Yep, see? I told you. Look at that. It's a locked shot of yours truly, so... I don't know why. Hang on. I just, I got to do this. We're going to go to black. We're going to pop back in and we're going to try. Did it work? It did. Color's a bit off, but it worked nevertheless. Okay. <laughs> Enough of this crap. I got to move on. Here we go. Uh, we got more stuff to talk about tonight. I got a loaded show tonight. I'm, I really do. And I got to do it this way because my laptop was screwing up. So there you go. What's your definition of handsome? No, no, it ain't this guy, okay? Your definition of handsome. Now, the definition hasn't changed much over the years, although modern men, I'm talking about handsome as in men, not beautiful as in women, okay? You ready for this? Take a look at this picture. Guess which one of these two guys was voted the most handsome man in the world? Yeah, 
it's the one on the left. Have we gotten to that point, folks? Seriously? The guy on the... I, first of all, I don't even know who the hell this is. It looks like some Jap, uh, Korean K-pop artist or something. Kim Namjoon. Okay, it is does look Korean. Oh, BTS. Okay. Kim Namjoon voted the most handsome man in the world. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Mr. Chandler here, who, my personal opinion, is an extremely handsome man. Kim Namjoon, I want to say something. I'm not sure I should. Is this a man? Seriously? <laughs> I'm just, it, we've come to this, folks. Seriously, we've come to this. Kim Namjoon voted the most handsome man on the planet. I'm telling you, it just isn't going to get any better. All right, listen, listen up. This is going to be interesting no matter where you're from. But if you're in Malaysia, this is going to kill you. This is absolutely going to kill you, Malaysians. So get, look, I live in Malaysia, okay? I've lived here over 20 years now. I pay my taxes. This is an article from Japan Today. The link is in our show notes. And the headline, I'm just going to share it. And if you're Malaysian, you either better sit down or be prepared to lose your dinner. Japanese government is worried young adults aren't drinking enough alcohol. (laughs) This is a serious article. I'm not kidding. The National Tax Agency has a problem with the youth of today from Tokyo. They simply aren't drinking enough alcohol. According... (laughs) Can you imagine this in the Star or the New Straits Times? According to an independent study, roughly half of young adults in Japan do not, I repeat, do not even have a daily drinking habit. Some might consider that to be a good thing, that in its results in healthier, more productive people, less likely to yell at me on a train station platform for no reason. But these are all matters handled by other government agencies. The NTA is about getting those taxes. Maybe they should try hiring 87,000 new armed agents for their revenue service. That might help. Anyway, alcohol product sales are a huge source of taxes. However, drink more so we can get your money probably isn't a really good promotional slogan. So, They've opened up marketing ideas to the general public in their Sake Viva contest. Just Until 9th September, anyone between the ages of 20 and 39 can take part, alone or in groups of two or three, and come up with a new sales strategy that would appeal to young adults. Anything is open for consideration, but the NTA mentioned they are expecting an emphasis on drinking at home and utilizing the metaverse for sales among the ideas. 
Someone needs to take all the fun and enchantment out of going into a liquor store and digitize it for the new economy. There is a picture of a uh, of a Japanese liquor store. It's just unbelievable. I think I've lived here too long because this article, when I saw it, I thought, okay, this is just, this is as never ever in a million years, if I lived to be a billion in this country, would you ever see anything even close to that story? <laughs> Man. Oh, all right. <laughs> I got one more to go, then we're going to get on to our book. And what a sweet story this is. Oh, man, this is unbelievable. This is from heartwarming.com. There's a link in our show notes, and you really, really should check it out. Newborn twins sweetly embrace in the womb and urgently reach for each other after birth. These are twins. There's their picture. Hang on, we get to read more. Having a twin can be rather mind-boggling. Having somebody who is constantly there for you right from the beginning of life, a bond that endures forever. Take a look at that, these newborn twins in the bath. One mind-boggling video shows exactly the way in which that profound bond exists in any event beginning even before birth. Two infant young men would not quit struggling together as they did in mom's belly. The kids, who are less than two months old, are bathed and continue to grasp each other, putting their small arms and legs around each other in a video that has currently nearly 50 million views on YouTube. This is that video. I'm going to mute it. There you go. Of them. Look at that. In the bath. Hugging. Hanging on to each other. Unbelievable. Please, if you're listening to the podcast, check out the link in our show notes. Not to be missed. It is so amazing. Uh, a maternity nurse and grandmother from Paris, France, designed a unique bath for the twins because it's intended to simulate the sense of being in the womb. It's uh, intended for newborns younger than two months old. And uh, it could explain why the two are so loving with each other and they want to be as close as they can be. Uh, they are identical twins. Uh, and that is absolutely amazing. I saw some, I don't see it now, but somewhere in this, uh, in this story, uh, the fact that while they were in the womb, one of the two twins' umbilical cord was wrapped around the neck of the other. And by holding his brother, he was able to pull the umbilical cord. Oh, I'm sure he wasn't consciously doing it, but it so happened that one of the twins kind of saved the life of the other twin by getting this strangling umbilical cord off of his neck. Frightening and amazing and such a great story. Check it out. The link is in our show notes tonight. It's uh, it's worth your time. It's a great, great story. All right. Uh, you ready for the book? Yeah, we're ready for the book. Okay. Uh, we do books on this show in case you didn't know, if you just found us. And um, we have been... Uh, 
we have been doing that from the very beginning. Uh, we've read The Wizard of Oz, The Little Prince, Winnie the Pooh, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan. Uh, we are nearly at the end of this book. We're going to close out this chapter and then one more chapter to go and we'll have we'll be time to move on to our new book, which we haven't picked yet. We're waiting for your suggestions. We have a few. Uh, I'm not so sure. Go to Gutenberg.org, the Gutenberg Project. That's where all our books come from. They are free. They're in the public domain. And uh, and we'll pick one from there. So send us a uh, an email. Show at jsheldon.com is our email address for the show. Or you can PM any of my social media accounts. Love to hear from you. I answer everybody's emails and uh, PMs. So please do feel free to get in touch. Suggest a book to us. And uh, several of our books have come from the audience's suggestions. So, in fact, this one we're doing right now, The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, was suggested by Gail. Thank you for that, Gail. All right. Let's uh, pop up the uh, title slide. Here we go. Where is our title slide? Are you there? There you go. It was there somewhere. Oh, man, this has just been a technical nightmare tonight. It's kind of a short uh, chapter we have uh, because we're just rounding up the end of this investigation. And uh, so it's not going to take very long to finish it up. Actually, the mystery has been solved. We know what happened with uh, uh, Lord Simon. Uh, But now we're going to find out how Sherlock knew what was going on. You were not yourself at fault at all then. Well, from the first, two facts were very obvious to me. The one, that the lady had been quite willing to undergo the wedding ceremony. The other, that she had repented of it within a few minutes of returning home. Obviously, something had occurred during the morning, then, to cause her to change her mind. What could that something be? She could not have spoken to anyone when she was out, for she'd been in the company of the bridegroom. Had she seen someone then? If she had, it must be someone from America, because she'd spent so short a time in this country. She could hardly have allowed anyone to acquire so deep an influence over her that the mere sight of him would induce her to change her plans so completely. You see... We've already arrived, by a process of elimination, at the idea that she might have seen an American. Then, who could this American be? And why should he possess so much influence over her? Might be a lover, might be a husband. Her young womanhood had, I knew, been spent in rough scenes and under strange conditions. So far as I had gotten before I ever heard Lord St. Simon's narrative. And when he told us of a man in a pew, of the change in the bride's manner, of so transparent a device for obtaining a note as the dropping of a bouquet, of her resort to her confidential maid, and of her very significant allusion to claim-jumping, which in miners' parlance means taking possession of that which another person has a prior claim to. The whole situation became absolutely clear. She'd gone off with a man, and the man was either a lover or was a previous husband, and the chances being in favor of the latter. 
And how in the world did you find them? Oh, it might have been difficult, but friend Lestrade held information in his hands, the value of which he did not himself know. The initials were, of course, of the highest importance, but more valuable still was it to know that within a week he'd settled the bill at one of the most select London hotels. How did you deduce the select? By the select prices. Eight shillings for a bed and eight pence for a glass of sherry pointed to one of the most expensive hotels. There are not many in London which charge at that rate. In the second one, which I visited in Northumberland Avenue, I learned by an inspection of the book that Francis H. Moulton, an American gentleman, had left only the day before, and on looking over the entries against him, I came upon the very items which I had seen in the duplicate bill. His letters were to be forwarded to 226 Gordon Square, so thither I travelled, and being fortunate enough to find the loving couple at home, I ventured to give them some paternal advice, and to point out to them that it would be better in every way that they should make their position a little clearer, both to the general public and to Lord St. Simon in particular. I invited them to meet him here, you see. I made him keep the appointment." But with no very good results, I remarked. His conduct was certainly not very gracious. Ah, Watson, said Holmes, smiling. Perhaps he would not be very gracious either, if, after all the troubles of wooing and wedding, you found yourself deprived in an instant of wife and of fortune. I think that we may judge Lord St. Simon very mercifully and thank our stars that we are never likely to find ourselves in the same position. Draw your chair up and hand me my violin, for the only problem we still have to solve is how to while away these bleak autumnal evenings. And that's Lord St. Simon's adventure. <laughs> Coming up in our next stream, we will do adventure, what is this? 11. The Adventure of the Barrel Coronet. Hmm. All right. That'll be coming up on our next stream. We'll start that on uh, Wednesday night. So be sure and join us for that one. All right. I'm going to play the ending, and I know something's going to mess up. So be prepared. Just be prepared, okay? Right, I will see you again Wednesday. Please uh, like, subscribe, share, follow on uh, all our platforms, YouTube, Facebook, twitch.tv, and facebook.com. Also, of course, uh, you can follow our podcast on any podcast platform. We're over there. Just look for The Jay Sheldon Show and hit follow or subscribe. We really appreciate that a lot. And finally, one little ask. If you'd like to support the show, the very top link in our description, our show notes down below, is our Patreon account. You can click over there and uh, help us out if you are so inclined. We really appreciate that you do that. I will see you again Wednesday. Until then, this is the Jay Sheldon Show. Good night. <laughs>